If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. If you are a donor at any level... Uh, you now have access to a special bonus post-show episode yeah. where we talk about things that have nothing to do with politics and religion and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you are uh, a Patreon donor at the $5 level, you can get ad-free episodes. Yes. Cool. cool. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm mad. Okay. Because uh, of the first story we're discussing. Uh-oh. Is uh, it the maternity ranch Oh, one? hell yeah. Okay. So I kept seeing this headline, and the headline is from the Washington Post, a maternity ranch is born, and I saw it many places on the internet, and I was like, self-care means I'm not going to read this. <laughs> and then Hemet emailed me and demanded that I read it with no care of my own mental health. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm very brave for this stupid show. Yes. Um, wow. Here's the backdrop for the story. Texas, as you know, has basically (sighs) banned all legal abortions. Um, and so one of the questions that's looming is, okay, if these women, mostly poor women, mostly women of color, Mm -hmm. can't get abortions and are forced to give birth against their will because they don't have the money or the resources to get out of Texas and have the abortions, what happens to them? Because presumably a lot of them I have no ability to care for the child, which is one of the reasons they may have wanted to have an abortion. Um, And so one of the things, uh, there was an article this week in the Washington Post by Stephanie McCrumman, where she basically profiles a Christian woman who decided it is now, it's now her life's mission Mm -hmm. to open what she called a maternity ranch Mm -hmm. to house women who just gave birth for like the first year of the child's life and basically give the women the resources they need, the protection they need uh, to help the child grow. See, look, abortion isn't bad. You do have help. See, it's a good decision you made to keep this child, even though they didn't really have that choice at all. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the backdrop. And like in theory, that does sound nice that they are giving these women uh, the resources and tools and support system they need. And then everything in this article just begins to break down and not because the reporter talked about it, but because the facts just don't support this one sided version of the story. Right. I I do think, and I just read it like 15 minutes ago. I do think that Aubrey Schlackman, the the Christian woman, she seems to be doing everything out of like out of a good in good faith is what I'm saying. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Like she's, she truly seems to want to help pregnant women. She talks a little bit about, like there's actually one paragraph that kind of, um, it's just, you know, the thing when uh, conservatives walk face first into the point and then miss it anyway. <laughs> 
Um, she talked about how her, um, oh God, I'm going to find it. Um, while her, you are, yeah, while you're finding that, uh, here, I do agree with you that I'm not mad that she wants to do this and she's kind of trying to put her money where her mouth is and raise money for this. Um, I'll, I mean, here's the good stuff about her before we get to all the problems with her. Um, she wanted to create a Christian haven where women could live stress-free during their newborn's first year of life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from the article. This isn't her saying it, but this place would have individual cottages for mothers, host homes in quotation marks for couples who would model healthy marriages, a communal barn for meals, Bible study. The whole plan was clear. And when she told her husband later that night, he said, yes, this is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to read from the point of view of this, this woman who is, who is around our age. She's in her mid thirties, um, and a a Uh parent of two. Um, the Washington post says she did not love being pregnant, especially after suffering an excruciating form of rheumatoid arthritis, probably triggered by the birth of her first son. The condition left her so racked with pain that she would sometimes sit at the edge of her bed at night and cry, thinking I could kill myself, but then I'm leaving my husband and my son and understanding why women with less support than she had might choose to have an abortion but But. the lesson she ultimately took from the episode was not about politics or god's indifference but rather quote what god did to humble me right right so what here one more thing that she said that i thought um okay point in her favor uh was this is quoting her now what if texas ends up becoming a model for the future what if Texas meets this shift in culture and instead of having high abortion rates, what if we help single moms to become stronger moms to become successful? Again, great idea. Okay, here's where it starts to break down for me. Mm-hmm. The article uh, pointed out that uh, she voted for Trump in 2020, but not, not in 2016, 2016, because, all right, iffy on him then. Um, but did vote for him in 2020 after watching him yeah. do all the <laughs> yeah. bad things for four yeah, years. I think this guy should do this again. But think about what that means. Like, I, okay, she's a conservative Christian in Texas. Surprise. Right. But think about what that means. It means for someone who says, what if we help single moms become stronger moms and to become successful? She is voting yeah. for politicians starting at the top mm-hmm. who... Uh, Oppose universal child care, oppose paid family leave, oppose free and accessible contraception, mm-hmm. oppose country, uh, comprehensive sex education, oppose affordable health care, and basically oppose a stronger social safety net. Yep. They're doing it this week. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Democrats are struggling to get that a- social package done yep. because they have like two senators who are against it. And it looks like the House is finally on board with the watered down version of it mm-hmm. but no republicans are supporting it no, of so course not. she doesn't care about helping women get stronger and get more resources because she's actively supporting politicians who block that shit yeah. so your little one ranch is not gonna make up for helping everybody i think it's like she wants to give a handful of women a bandage when she could totally help prevent injuries to everybody. But she's like, look at how good of a person I am. I'm going to make them play friggin' squid game and then I'll give them a bandage and I'm the good one in this mix. It's like, you could have just not played. Yeah. It would have been better, but she doesn't see that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think people who voted for Trump probably do not see the connection between social safety nets and, and their vote. I think they are very much like, 
you know, politics, you know, the, the, the big, the big abortion, um, and immigration votes. Like that's all they care about. They don't think about social safety nets. They don't right. care because they don't think they'll ever need one. They because- don't care. They don't think yeah. that's what I heard from that. <laughs> um, and then think about all the stuff she's saying about, I don't care if she's motivated by mm-hmm. God and her faith, but the way she talks about it makes it sound like this is nothing more than a conversion camp for women who have no other options and nowhere else to turn. It feels very cattle ranchy to me. Yeah, Honestly, which is, it was a little disconcerting. She's calling it a maternity ranch. She's yeah. treating the women like cattle. Yeah. Um, it's a way to use newborns to guilt trip low-income women into becoming conservative Christians. Mm. And by the way, they've done this before in other countries, the Magdalene Laundries in Ireland. I mean... These things yeah. cause so much problem, so many problems for so many women for so many years. Right. Because if women have no choice, if they are out of options, what are they going to do except accept someone's goodwill and abide by their faith-based like rules? Right. Um, can we actually, before you kind of skipped over, not yeah. skipped, but you mentioned the, the Magdalene Laundries. Yeah. Um, can we talk just a little bit yeah. about what that is? So. Like Kevin said, this isn't the first time we have, we as a culture have tried to give unwed preg- young pregnant women, young young pregnant people with uteruses, a a place to go that's like this free range farm for them to, to live. Um, unfortunately, those are almost always created by uh, Christians and they almost always are horrible. So um, most famous, the Magdalene Laundries in Ireland, they're also called the Magdalene Asylums. They were run by, um, by the Catholic Church, obviously, and it was a place to send away, you know, their girls who got knocked up. And they were supposed to, they, they were supposed to help these women um, and sort of, give them a place to give birth and then adopt out the kids and let them get back to their life. It's if you have heard anything like any media from like the 20th century, it's always, you know, the 16 year old girl in 1954 all of a sudden went to visit her aunt for six months and Mm -hmm. then came back the next year. And like, that's, they would send them away to these places. Unfortunately, because they were run by the religious right and not by people who have compassion for human birthing people. Like they just, treated these women like shit. They tore their babies away from them almost immediately. And they killed women right and left. Um, in 1993, they found... As un- in the women died, they had no medical care oh, to speak of. And so they just put a lot of these women in, like, unmarked graves yeah. and hoped no one... Well, no one cared about them to begin with. No. We won't care about them either. That's the thing, is we, what we learn time and time again is we don't care about these people. We don't care about these people who are giving birth. We care about... The babies, I get. We care about the babies in theory, and even then, we don't care past. Well, we put them in a home. They care about making themselves feel better for having saved the right. unborn child, and then, oh, well, you died. No one cared about you. Yeah. So in 1993, they found um, unmarked graves of 155 women um, that were covered. So not only did these—that's a one place. That's in, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, in one place, and that is. It's literally just like these women came, gave birth, got no medical care. They threw them in a cot and said, like, deuces, hope you do okay. I would recommend everyone listen to a podcast, a BBC podcast called Bad People. They do an episode on this, and it they have um, a testimony from people who stayed at those those 
maternity ranches and talked about how their children were taken away from them or they weren't allowed to sleep or the woman in the the cot next to them died and then state had to like stay there for hours or days like it's horrible when we turn human people who are trying to gestate into sort of experimental lab yeah, rats cattle then <laughs> things are going to People are going to die. I'm stealing this from Wikipedia, but in 2013, the Irish government set up a 50 million uh, euro compensation scheme for survivors. That's how bad this stuff was. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to this woman yes. in Texas, who apparently, I mean, from what I could tell from the article, had no knowledge of that. She thinks she's coming up with an original idea. Right, here. right. And it's also a very, like, <laughs> those who don't learn the history are doomed to repeat yes. it. That's what this is right here. Um her website, the place is called Blue Haven Ranch. So I go to their website trying to figure out, like, what does she say? Because right now it's still conceptual. She's still in the process of getting the money to build it, mm-hmm. but she should have no problem finding she, money to build it. Did she buy the property or did she? I think okay. she did, but they haven't built the place yet. Um, but then there wasn't a ton of information because this is still in the works. Mm-hmm. It's an idea with some push to it, but it hasn't uh, been a done deal yet. But... Things you don't understand. uh, Things we don't know yet. What rules do clients have to follow? Like, what does their contract look like? What do you have to do in order to be accepted Mm -hmm. and then stay there for the year? Mm -hmm. We don't know. What are the long-term obligations if you accept their help? Are there any? What are the strings? We don't know any of that. Mm -hmm. What happens if these women either openly support LGBTQ rights don't want to attend Bible study, things like that. Are you going to... Are they themselves gay or trans? Are you going to kick them out? Are Mm -hmm. you just never going to accept them? Which, again, it's a private conservative Christian group. You can do whatever they want. You can do whatever you want. But you should at least make clear that, Mm -hmm. look, these are the rules and beliefs you have to follow. And if you don't, we're not interested in helping you. We don't care about you. We like Jesus. That's what we do. I want to know about medical care. Is there somebody going uh-huh. to be somebody on staff? How about people with addiction issues? Do they have anything in there? In, in Nothing their on the website to... talks about okay. any of that. What happens after year one? Mm-hmm. Because if you had issues during pregnancy that led you to consider having an adopt uh, an abortion, mm-hmm. odds are it's not suddenly fixed right. after one year and everything is good and you have money again. Like you and, or I mean, I'm so, but like they will be have been off the books for however long. And now how are they going to go back into the workforce? Like, have they learned skills that they can use? Like, how are they being set up to earn money and succeed? Mm-hmm. So, like, I know no one has has to accept the quote-unquote generosity of Schlackman, but also, if you do accept it, I have no idea what the requirements are, and and they make no mention of it. It's like one of those churches that say, we welcome all people, mm-hmm. and then you're gay or trans, and then you find out years down the road after you're a member, oh, you're, it's not okay yeah. to be you. Right. Uh, but we didn't put that on the website. That's mm-hmm. like whatever, tier seven of Scientology stuff only right, for right, certain people. Exactly. Um, here's another criticism. This is from uh, Dahlia Lithwick of Slate. I'm just going to read some of this. This uh, framing trap, they're attacking, criticizing, rightfully, the article itself, not Schlackman. This framing trap that mm-hmm. those on the abortion side are godless and mm-hmm. those seeking to end abortion are people of faith is one of the most hackneyed political cliches of the last decades. Mm-hmm. Amy Hagstrom-Miller, CEO of Whole Women's Health, an entity that offers holistic abortion care services, told me as much in an email. 
Quote, as a progressive Christian abortion provider, I am appalled by what these organizations are doing and how they frame Christianity, and I am stunned that the Washington Post would cover these organizations as if this is normal, sensible activity. Mm-hmm. Unquote. So basically, they are presenting Christian cruelty, cruelty that led to this like abortion ban in Texas. Mm-hmm. They're presenting Christian cruelty as if it's an act of Christian generosity. Yeah, which is totally messed up. Here's something else I didn't I didn't see addressed, not just in the Washington Post article, mm-hmm. um, but by pretty much any of the criticism from a lot of the feminists who have written about this, who had their concerns, some of which we're talking about here. On the website, it turns out what church does Schlackman go to? It's a place called the Village Church, which mm-hmm. is one of, I think it's Southern Baptist affiliated, but it's a large mega church. It's like 3,500 uh, people. 3,500, yeah, per week. Um and there's really no mention other than it's a conservative Christian, you know, evangelical type of church. It's what you would expect. Here's what they didn't go into. The pastor of that church, his name is Matt Chandler. There's even a video on the Blue Haven Ranch's website where Matt basic. I'm going to paraphrase. It's like a one minute video where he says, I know this woman, uh, Schla- uh, Amy, Amy uh, Schlackman. No. Uh, yeah, I know Amy for, Aubrey, Aubrey. Sorry, yeah. Aubrey Schlackman. I've known her for a while. She's a good person, and this thing that she's doing is fantastic. Like, it, it, what a wonderful thing! I hope she helps as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. It's basically an endorsement of everything she's doing from this megachurch pastor. Oh, uh-huh. But who is Matt Chandler? This oh, is God. what no one goes into. Um, Chandler. And his church have been at the center of multiple sexual assault controversies. Really? We talked about him a while back because it's been a while. But like, for example, there was one staffer, a pastor, who was accused of abusing an 11-year-old girl a decade ago. Chandler knew about the allegations. Uh He did not tell the congregation what happened. He didn't tell them all the details. What he said is that you know, someone's leaving the church due to an alcohol abuse problem, oh. not because he molested a child. Uh-huh. That victim later uh, sued the church. Uh-huh. The same church hired a different guy, a lead pastor, who was eventually fired in 2017. Why? Because he was secretly taping another male youth pastor in the shower at his home multiple times. Wow. And what they did seem like good stand-up boys? So clearly like oversight and background checks. They right. don't really care about. Chandler then told the congregation, I'm not saying Chandler knew about that or did anything to hide it, but when he told the congregation, hey, we have to fire our uh, lead pastor, mm-hmm. he said he was fired over a sin <gasps> issue. But I thought we we're all sinners. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean that guy is like the spiritual mentor yeah. to all this. And if she's getting her Christian faith credentials from this guy, mm-hmm. why on earth would anyone trust her to do something that is so consequential here? Like, she is clearly not prepared to deal with the issues that yeah. pregnant people who are having babies and wanted to have an abortion, but they couldn't get one and now they need help. Mm-hmm. She has no idea what she's in store for. And 
I'm worried that they're going to blame any problems, addiction issues, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Why aren't you married? All those yeah. things. If there were gonna, sex workers. If there yeah. were rape victims. They're going to blame it on sin. They'll yeah. blame it on Satan. They will act like the Bible is the only solution. And again, if you're belonging to a church like that, I'm not surprised they would say all that thing. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, but they're acting like we're a cure for a problem we helped create. Oh, God, it's totally that. (laughs) I I just... They should really just build this ranch and surround it with red flags. It's a perfect... (laughs) Well, oh, boy, I don't know what to say about this. This is just fundamentally so sad to me, just that this is a conversation we're having again, that once again, it's just young, you know, people who got pregnant accidentally don't want to have a kid and that's Hammond you have two kids wouldn't you say not wanting kids is a really reasonable life (laughs) stance (laughs) I'm all for postnatal abortion (laughs) oh god somebody's murdering Hammond's kids again (laughs) um so I don't know like this one commenter pointed out Take pictures of this ranch. It'll be on Dateline in like two years. I mean, and it feels so culty. There's like these silver bracelets that they all, like she wants to give people. It's just this, I mean, it's a cult, first of all. Like this like feels so culty of like, everybody come here and onto my ranch and we're all going to wear matching floor length dresses. (laughs) Um, Oh boy, this is just like such and no a one in her life bullet wound. I'm like, s- I'm so annoyed, partly because I don't think there's anyone in this woman's life circles, social circles, because they're all inside the evangelical bubble. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has to heart to tell this woman, "Hey, maybe you should think twice before doing all the shit you're about to do," because it's not you haven't thought through well, all. The- Remember that idiot who started a Christian bank, a pro-life bank, and <laughs> I then it went. About that. I know he's hoping everyone forgets about that. Like, and then just they haven't updated anything. I, oh, I totally follow that story. They haven't updated anything <laughs> in months. I think because I they're probably figuring out. Oh, you can't just start a bank like that. What? <laughs> but Me? it's like. Yeah, no one has the heart to tell her you don't know what you're doing and you're going to hurt people. And also you are just wrong about everything because they're all telling her she's the most wonderful person in the world for doing this thing that she's trying to do. Because arguably her heart is in the right place. Arguably she is trying to do something because she even mentions that she doesn't like the abortion ban. She doesn't think it's the right way to to ban abortion, to to reduce abortions, which again, duh. Um, But... I do think her heart is in the right place and I don't fault her for running with this idea. I do fault the state around her for making such an idea important and, and society but that state that's... only did that because the people who go to her church and other people like it supported it. It yeah. wouldn't have happened if those Christians pushed back against it, if enough of them right. did. Yeah. All these bans are going on and all the awful policies in Texas mm-hmm. are because of people like her. Yeah. I, one thing we didn't talk about yet. Yeah. Um, we've touched on it, but they said we want to present like model marriages for that these. That made me uncomfortable. What does a model marriage look like? Because I think she did address this in the article. It's one that promotes complementarianism, uh-huh. where the woman is subservient to mm-hmm. the man, you know, uh, equal, the man's a separate, but provider. equal. She's the helper. Yeah. They said they, they literally say the word gender, helper. <laughs> they have their gender roles, whatever they are. Yeah. So. Helper life giver is what they said. Like, cool. So I get to do the dishes and pop out babies. Neat. Right. Great. Um, Here's another thing 
I would like to bring up that I don't think has been addressed is this idea of like, say I'm a, say I'm a 17 year old girl who gets pregnant or no better. Say I'm a 23 year old woman who gets pregnant and like lives on my own, doesn't have a family support system or whatever. So I just have to abandon my entire life to go live on this ranch. Like, is she, is she saying you come live on this ranch? This ranch is the community. We like, are they working in the meantime? How I don't they- know if they're working. I think she. I think that the idea here is we'll have enough resources so you don't have to work. You could just look after the baby. So it's not only... But for only this year. And then- but but I, even before that, it's not only, no, you can't have an abortion and like get back to your life. But now it's, you are now forced to give up your home and your friends and your personal community and your job and maybe your hobbies if... The, to go to wherever the fuck this ranch is. It's not like everybody lives in the neighborhood. So not only am I pregnant and scared with a baby I don't want and cannot like have a, you know, have taken care of, but now I have to move and go live on this place where I don't know anybody. Like the, the we don't give a shit that these women's lives are being completely turned upside down by a pregnancy that they didn't want. And now they just have to fucking deal with it because sex is bad. I actually took a different approach, which is I don't think a lot of those women who would accept this offer mm-hmm. even have that option. It's not that they that have to be of- lifted out of their life and taken oh. here. It's that they didn't have the support and the job and the career and schooling that they ever needed. Yeah, but And you- so now they're like, all right, you want to take me for a year and you're going to help me? I'll go because yeah, what else was I going to do? having the support I need to be pregnant and carry and, and have a small child in my house is completely different than... I don't have a life of my own with things that I value and things that make me happy. Right. Like there, there's every good chance that this, you know, people have shit they want to do with their lives. And what now that doesn't matter. Whatever your job is and doesn't matter. All that matters is you can't afford to have a kid. And so your only option is to go live on this Christian ranch. Yeah. Just like Jesus wanted. <laughs> I just, it's, ugh. I don't even know who I'm more mad at this good hearted but totally out of her element, uh, Aubrey Schlackman, or the Washington Post for giving this such a positive twist without going into so many of these problems, which very much exist. Yeah. Um, Because you can't talk about the good she wants to do without talking about all the bad that her people have helped cause. And it's so frustrating that it, like, I saw... I don't know if it was Schlackman herself or the Christian groups supporting her, but they're passing around this Washington Post article with praise all over. Like, look at what she's doing. It's wonderful because, of course, there's no real criticism in the piece of what she's doing. It's it's so deeply non-critical and it doesn't lift any of the... Listen, maybe this woman is doing a ton of research and has all of her paperwork and has healthcare partners and insurance and... (laughs) (laughs) There's no fucking way. (laughs) But listen, maybe she does. They didn't say that here. There is no, nothing in what she said and and her quotes make me think that she's doing, doing any more work besides if I put up buildings that will keep roofs over heads and the West will figure out, we'll build a community and then we'll just figure it out. But unfortunately, there's a reason that we usually send people giving birth to the hospital because it's pretty dangerous sometimes and uh Here's people something. used to die a whole lot we didn't talk about this either like the, the 
evangelical idea that we need to discipline our kids that we've talked about so uh many times. uh How are they going to discipline crying babies, which is a thing that happens because are you just going to deal with it? Can you imagine it's hard enough having one crying baby in the home? What happens when you're in a group home where there are crying babies everywhere? And again, that's not ideal for anybody Mm -hmm. if you can help it. But yeah. I'm I'm really worried if they're going to also try to discipline these kids when they are months old. Do you and think how... they'll do that? Is discipline of like infants a thing? The, the, the books that promote that the tr- to train up a child, all those Debbie start at that young. I was yeah, assumed no, it was they like... start at like infancy, and the rules Wait, are there what? for infancy. Yeah, like what? You... What infants? They just cry and shit. And they shouldn't. Oh, like it's it starts young and it starts that early. It's like they are even in those books. There was some nuance for, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it's a baby; it can't help it. It doesn't yeah. know what it's doing, but it starts really early. So, oh boy, yeah. Oh, that, that was, story angered me. Yeah, that was. This is not. This is not it, fam. <laughs> uh, let's <sighs> talk about something happier, which is uh, our decline into theocracy. Oh no. Um, <laughs> This week, uh, Trump national security advisor slash convicted felon Michael Flynn was speaking at a right-wing pro-QAnon conspiracy Reawaken America tour Mm. uh, event. And one of the things he said is uh, he was talking about how the U.S. uh, needs to be better. So he said, if we're going to have one nation under God, which we must. must, Absolutely must. We have to have one religion. One nation under God and one religion under God, right? All of us General together. General Flynn said this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from Flynn, who, by the way, said he might run for uh, president. Oh, you don't say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we not only we have to be a nation under God, which is bad enough and wrong. Yeah. It's like, nope, just my religion. So yeah. take that, Jews and Muslims and atheists and progressive <laughs> Christians who don't count either. Right. So that's part so one. So that's not concerning. <laughs> So that's part one. Aren't they the ones worried about, like, Sharia law and everybody yes. being forced into one religion? Yes, but, but as but, long as it's not them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who said, check this out. Here's what one person said. For anyone who, for whatever reason, doesn't know, religious freedom and pluralism is a bedrock constitutional principle in America. It's in the First Amendment. Quoting Thomas Jefferson, whether a man believes in 20 gods or no God, neither picks my pocket nor breaks my leg. That's from Thomas Jefferson. Guess who said all that? Thomas Jefferson. Marianne Williamson, the (laughs) insane woman who ran for Democratic uh, nominee for president Uh, last year. She's insane. And even she's like, what the hell? You guys are crazy. Oh, my God. Marianne Williamson gets it. Yeah, that's... uh... Hoof, when you've gone too far for Marianne Williamson. <laughs> I really like that Jefferson quote. I've never heard it. Yeah. Neither a, picks my pocket nor breaks my legs. As in, you could believe whatever you want. It doesn't affect me. Quite which a, is a, wrong. It does affect you. But also, I get your point. Quite a flowery writer was our TJ. <laughs> <laughs> and then, piggybacking on that, there's another guy, Mark Burns, a okay. pastor, 
who made headlines like years ago when he was shilling for Trump back in 2016, Mm -hmm. does an interview on CNN as like a black pastor who likes Trump. And they're all like, so your resume says you graduated with this degree, but the school says you never like went there or graduated. Went there. Um, And you said you were in the military in this branch and the military says you weren't there. And then he just stares at the camera for like a minute and tries to change the subject And that was the story. Like, this guy's just lying about everything. So, of course, because he's a black Republican Mm. who shills for Trump, Mm -hmm. he's now running for Congress. (laughs) No, that's that's another one. Um, This guy is Mark Burns. He's running for Congress in South Carolina's 4th District. And Uh today, was it today? Today or yesterday in an interview um, on Real America News. um, Real America's voice, I should say. Here's what he said. He said, you know, we've got to take uh, take it back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe the people here in the 4th District of South Carolina are getting that. It's not just about being Republican. It's about being a conservative Christian who believes this is a Christian nation. And any policy that is contrary to the word of God, we need to remove it from mainstream America and make it illegal. So anything wow. that violates his interpretation of the Bible uh-huh. should be made illegal. That oh. is putting, I mean, beyond the crazy of that, that puts the Bible above the Constitution in whatever we do. Sure. Which does make this a theocracy in his fantasy here. But think about, realistically, here's what he's saying about that. Um, marriage equality, gone. That would be illegal mm-hmm. for uh, gay people. Mm-hmm. Uh, ban him, He would have to ban abortion for everybody, All including abortion. rape victims, mm-hmm. incest victims. Mm-hmm. Death penalty shoots up. Everyone gets the death penalty. Oh, yeah. Now. Bring back the hanging rope. Assault weapons. Uh, everyone can have one. Just like um, Jesus wanted. Yeah. Uh, no social safety net for people. That's gone, too, because like that's wanted. communism. And again, it's it's not just putting the Bible over the Constitution. It's clearly putting his interpretation of the Bible over the Constitution, because yeah, many progressive Christians would say, no, there's nothing anti-biblical uh, about the progressive policies I support. So he doesn't care about the Bible. He cares only about his version of it. Right. So all of that. And again, imagine if Ilhan Omar said anything like oh this. Imagine God. if any non-conservative Christian feathered. candidate... Yeah, said anything like, mm. if we want to live in a real America, right. it has to be my religion right. and nothing else and everything else is illegal. Mm-hmm. Not only would you not get elected, you wouldn't be taken seriously as a candidate. You would be the center of attention for all the right wing media outlets. I promise you this guy's going to get zero coverage for this insane oh, shit for he's sure. saying. Um, I have a question. How do you think people... Um, marry the idea of the fact that pilgrims came to the United States to flee religious persecution and not, because they didn't want to practice the religion um, that the royalty was making them. And then they come here. Well, they did for, want religious you know, freedom. And years later, we're doing the same thing. Well, they don't reconcile all of it, but it's just, yeah, they came here for religious freedom and uh-huh. we should have religious freedom as long as you are a Christian who believes what I believe. That's what our founding fathers wanted, even though they were deists and I non-religious see. and definitely not the sort of Christians who are like Mark Burns, even if they were Christian. So they, they don't bother trying to make sense of this stuff. 
They're just like, it's, yep, it's our mythology here, so it's fact. So just take it. I feel like they just live like really unexamined lives of like just everything they hear. They're like, yeah, that sounds right. The problem is that you're expecting them to look back and reflect on things and look to Isn't our past, and all do? they do that's what people do. They are only looking to, they don't even look to the future. They're just looking to the afterlife. So um, nothing behind matters. It's, I guess why is always my question. Like, why is there a need to force your shit on everybody else? That's the thing I really don't get. And I don't think I it's ever It's the goal will. of evangelism. We need to get everyone to think exactly but, as we do. And it's literally what Jesus commanded us to do. So but, it's... But they're they're not trying to convert people to Christianity. They're just trying to make us live within the confines of Christianity. That doesn't. Well, that'll turn you that, into it. If you were a good Christian, you wouldn't be bothered by any of this. Because yeah, no, fuck these guys. I guess is really <laughs> all I have there. Different, uh, different story. This was in the New York Times earlier this week, and uh, it was from Ben Smith, who does their media column. And he's writing about Marvin Olasky, who's the editor of the Christian media outlet, The World. And here's what you need to know about The World if you haven't read anything from there before. Madison Cawthorn, the congressman who was Mm -hmm. accused of sexual misconduct by Mm -hmm. multiple women, including women who went to school with him at his conservative Christian college. Mm -hmm. That was post that was published by World. That was a conservative Christian media outlet that published those like the most in-depth set of allegations against him. So they're doing journalism. They're doing journalism. Back in the day when Mm -hmm. Dinesh D'Souza was the president of a place called King's College in New York, they were the ones who published an article basically saying he attended an event with a woman who's totally not his wife. And it actually led D'Souza to resign from the college and now he's just some right-wing media Seems pundit like the type. Teen Vogue Donald of, Trump pardoned him world. from a felony he was convicted of. But again, it was a world that's like, this guy's not living up to the standards he professes mm-hmm. to live by. They also were the ones who pointed out that Pastor Mark Driscoll, mm-hmm. who is abusive in his own ways, mm-hmm. and is the subject... Is the purpose-driven life guy? No, that's oh. uh, 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 Rick Warren. Oh. Um, but... Mark Driscoll is a guy who is the subject of a Christianity Today podcast. I interviewed the producer of that podcast a few months ago Uh on this show. Um, Mark Driscoll years ago wrote a book. I think it was called like Real Marriage, but it was about his marriage to his wife. And they were like, we're the model couple. We want to make your marriage be like our successful marriage, whatever, take it or leave it. It's exactly the type of book you would expect. But one of the things his church did, Mars Hill's church, Mars Hill church did, mm-hmm. is they paid an outside log, uh, uh, an outside publicity group to game the system so they could appear on the New York Times bestsellers list. So if you buy a certain number of books in certain places all at the same time, like thousands of books, it games the system into thinking this is really popular. And in fact, their book was a number one New York Times bestseller because they played the system. And that was the source of a lot of news articles back in... Didn't one of the lesser Trumps do that too? Yes. Like your Eric's or your Don Jr.'s? Yes. They also did the same thing. just like in their house. (laughs) Um, And again, it was World that revealed this whole scheme that Mars Hill was doing. So Mm -hmm. the point is... 
Look, they they post a lot of crazy shit, too, because it is a conservative Christian media outlet. Mm -hmm. But they also do investigative journalism and they're not afraid to investigate their own tribe. Uh And this is a thing that happened under Marvin Olasky. And he's been at the center of it. And he's he said in to the to Ben Smith of the Times, he said, like, this is something important for us if we can't call out what we do. Sure. Like, what are we doing? We're not just a press release outlet. We're doing journalism. So he's good at what he does. Mm -hmm. And the reason he was being profiled in the New York Times is because he resigned this month, or at least he announced his resignation this month. And this is from the article. Olasky had, he said, received an effective vote of no confidence from World's Board, which had recently started a section of the website, World Opinions, (laughs) without fully consulting him. The new section offers opinion essays on religious issues with the kind of commentary on secular topics like mask mandates, inflation, race, and President Biden's spending plans that can be found on any number of other conservative websites. Uh Basically, they are turning world into a right-wing propaganda outlet. And Olasky's like, first, you didn't tell me about this, which is (laughs) weird because I run this thing. (laughs) You pay me to run this place. You didn't tell me that. And also, there are plenty of crazy right-wing propaganda outlets in the Christian world. Uh Charisma, a Christian uh, post does it a lot, though they sometimes do some stuff. Yeah, Blaze, um, there's only a... Something conservative... What's the shit? What's the TV one that's like Real America News Outlet? Real America's Voice, Newsmax, they're all doing the same thing. And they at least purport to be One America News or something like that. They purport to be a conservative news outlet, but if you watch their stuff, they still promote Christianity. Right. And these are Christian outlets Mm. that promote conservatism. So anyway, Olasky's argument is that bullshit exists everywhere else. We're doing something unique and important. Mm -hmm. We should keep it going. It's... helps us stand out yeah and it is important to our mission Mm -hmm. and they're like no we're gonna bring in conservative voices to basically be the this is what people think of Mm -hmm. when they think of world so alaski said okay i'm not gonna be a part of this i'm resigning and by the way a couple of the writers journalists who worked for him have Mm -hmm. also announced their resignation i wonder if they're gonna start their own like a little media company then Yeah, I don't know if... I don't know. He's older. He was going to retire soon anyway, but this is being pushed... He's not retiring on his own terms anymore. He's retiring because he's kind of forced out. Interesting. Um, And again, like, Olasky... I should say, Olasky isn't the hero you're looking for. This is a guy who signed the Nashville Statement, which is an anti-LGBTQ set of rules written by evangelical Christians. He's a signer of that. Um, But also, uh, like... Olasky made headlines in 2016, too, because he criticized Trump when the pussy grabbing video came out Uh and like didn't openly support him. They're basically bringing on people who totally have supported him the whole way through. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's disappointing because there are only literally a handful of Christian news outlets that actually do good journalism, too. Uh, Christianity Today is another one. Mm-hmm. They do shitty opinion pieces because mm-hmm. they have shitty opinions. <laughs> but when they do investigative journalism, they tend to do a really good job of it. Mm-hmm. World was in that category, too. And now that one's gone. It's like if you're a Christian who actually takes journalism seriously, mm-hmm. there are fewer and fewer places for you to go. And again, I would argue that 
while it's not weird for secular outlets or atheist outlets or whatever to call out bad Christians acting in bad faith Mm -hmm. or doing investigative journalism like the Ravi Zacharias stuff, which started because an atheist called him out on it before Christianity Today really got the journalism credibility on it. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're not going to listen to us. Right. They're not going to listen to the New York Times calling them out. But if World did it, if Christianity Today did it, they can't really ignore it. So we're losing something important, even if you don't like their opinions on other things. Yeah. And one would think that if you are a serious Christian, you would want to value, you should value this kind of work because, you know, I want to make sure the people I look up to and who lead, you know, the Democratic Party, say, are on the up and up and not secretly, you know, burying bodies in the backyard like that's important to me and it should be important to everybody that the people leading their movements are doing it for our good not not monsters yeah um i want to give a shout out to some of our supporters from the past month um these are people who have supported us on patreon uh, to joe h Troy L, Jeff W, Ryan H, Kenneth P, Maddie N, Lisa, Miranda W, Felicia P, Tracy S, Annalise W, Kayla, Victoria L, Sarah K, Jennifer D. Thank you so much for your support. Hammond just did prayer hands to thank you all. I've never seen him do it before. (laughs) I hated it. Um, Before we do our commercial, can I just quickly say um, my... um, my Etsy shop, Bitches Get Stitched Done. If you are looking for something for the holiday season, I would put in your order ASAP. I'm already, con- I usually close my shop um, for Christmas gifts by like December 1st. I already got a ton of orders, so I may be closing early depending on how much progress I make this weekend. So bitches get stitched done. I do a lot of custom work. That's almost everything that I'm doing for the winter season. So if you if it's something you want, I make them all by hand. They take for fucking ever. So, <laughs> so order Do sooner than later. Otherwise, I'm, I can't guarantee it for for Christmas after a certain time. And if you're also looking for a gift uh, for the holiday season, here is something you may want to consider. Uh, if you go to paintyourlife.com, I, I tried this a few months ago. I took a picture of my kids, uploaded it to paintyourlife.com, and they basically turned it into a professional hand painted image of what I sent them. And they could do that with pretty much any picture of any size. Uh, You get to pick the artist. You can have them pick one for you, uh, which is what I did. I had a bunch of opportunities to see various drafts of the painting as it was coming along. I could make modifications, suggestions, like, you know, gap in my kid's tooth. Just, like, fix that for now. (laughs) Um, When I got the final product, I'm telling you, my parents really loved it. Uh, It looked amazing, it was so cool because it's not the sort of thing you can just do with your phone. You know, it's handmade. It's mm-hmm. an awesome gift. It's personal. It's different. They'll work with what you send them. The quality was awesome. And you can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks. So if you order now, you could probably get it before Christmas. So at paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. So to get that special offer, text the word FRIENDLY to 64000. That's FRIENDLY to 64000. And if you text FRIENDLY to 64000, you can learn more about Paint Your Life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. And we thank them for supporting this show. Thanks very much. I want to go to a story that made me laugh because I saw the headline and I thought, oh, I 
I feel like I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading it and I'm like, nope, totally wrong. All right. Here's the, here's the headline. Okay. Atheist hate group demands IRS investigation into church where attendees chanted, let's go, Brandon. Here's what this is about. All right. Okay. I'll get to the A boring part first. There. I mentioned Mike Flynn spoke at that church. Uh, I spoke at that conservative event where he's like, one religion for everybody. Right, right, right. That took place at Cornerstone Church in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, which happens to be the home of preacher John Hagee, who says a lot of crazy shit. Okay. But this wasn't a church event. I think the church said, yeah, you can rent our space if you need it. So they held the event there. Fine. Um, But you have people like Mike Flynn saying, we have to have one religion in America. And the crowd, you could hear on video, is chanting, let's go, Brandon, which Mm -hmm. really means fuck Joe Biden, whatever they want to do. And honestly, like, you can't really tell there isn't... uh, Uh, that there was any sort of separation between the church and that event. Mm -hmm. So the Freedom From Religion Foundation sent a letter to the IRS saying, you need to investigate this because, honestly, a church should not be promoting a political rally the way this one was. So, okay, that's the story. Uh Will the IRS do anything? Mm -hmm. Historically, no. Right. (laughs) But that's what FFRF does. They're calling them out. They're asking the IRS Mm -hmm. to do their job. As their position as a hate group. (laughs) Yeah, well, so I was looking in this article. This was posted on a conservative website called PJ Media, conservative news outlet. So I'm not surprised that they just refer to FFRF as an atheist hate group. Mm -hmm. But if you say that somewhere in this piece, I was like, how are you justifying the hate group label? Sure. And what I found, this is written by uh, a journalist, journalist in big quote hand, sorry, uh, person who blogs, uh, Paula <laughs> Balliard. And here's what Paula said. Before I get to the claims of the FFRF, I would like to assert a point of personal privilege and say, I don't like these types of events being held at churches. A political rally, no matter how couched it is in religious language, is not something that falls under the church's purview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Later okay. on. Later on, she says... I'm nervous because it makes <laughs> too much sense. I know. She said the left is freaking out over Michael Flynn's call for a theocracy, which is dumb because Flynn has neither the power nor the influence to accomplish such a thing. We don't which, think... <laughs> ma'am, that's not the problem we have here. <laughs> so she goes on to say the videos circulating <laughs> are truncated, so I can't say for certain what the context is, oh, which is not the boy, issue. I promise oh, you that was boy. in context. He didn't say guys, I'm going to just tell you a little anecdote, but don't believe anything I say. That's not how Flynn started that story, I promise. It's funny that they give the Christian nationalists the benefit of the doubt, but like a kid holding a a black kid holding a stick, (laughs) they're like, he was obviously going to hit somebody. He should have been shot. But again, here she is saying like, I mean, it looks bad, yeah. but I don't know what the context was. As if admitting what Flynn said went too far is the point. I really think when they say, well, I need to know the context, they're all like in their back of their head, they're like, I'm just hoping that just before this video started, they say, and then some crazy man said right. to me, right. I believe America should be a Christian so, nation. So, like, that's the context they're hoping. On that reason, she's like, basically, yeah, that was crazy thing that he said. Then she says, the idea of a national religion is an absurd proposition that should be rejected by all Christians. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then she says, Uh-oh. to FFRF's credit... The group has also denounced Democrats who, quote unquote, violate the Johnson Amendment. Basically, she was saying when Terry McAuliffe was running for governor in Virginia, Kamala Harris made a video urging black churches to do their souls to the polls, go out and vote. And mm. she they like 300 black churches in Virginia played a video for their congregations, basically hearing the vice president say, go out and vote for Terry McAuliffe, which 
I, I think we talked about that on Did this we? show because I argued, yeah, they shouldn't be doing that because it is a violation of the Johnson Amendment. But also conservatives do it all the yeah, time. Also, so fight fire with fire. And I think it's strategic. So mm-hmm. good. If the IRS doesn't like it, yeah. they can stop it for everybody. Yeah. Anyway, here is this woman saying, well, FFRF called out this church for violating the Johnson Amendment, but to their credit, they also did that for Democrats. Mm -hmm. So she says FFRF has called for an IRS investigation into the tax status of those churches as well, saying... They're at least consistent. It's almost like they care about the truth and not about their own little agenda. So after all that, I'm reading all of that, and I'm like, where are you getting hate group from? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. (laughs) Here's the only sentence I found in the article. Like I said, FFRF is a hate group. It (laughs) It hates Christianity and seeks to destroy it. Oh, it's honey, like that's not what a hate group is. First no, of, no, 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 no. First of all, what do you mean it hates Christianity? Basically, I mean, forget the atheism thing for a second, which I would argue <laughs> atheists don't hate Christians or hate God. Not believing is a very different thing. But also FFRF's focus, like even American atheists, you would argue maybe they're they're interested in turning people into atheists. FFRF is like, we're just mostly focused on like legal overreach where people break the law and we try to stop it because we support separation of church and state. That's a far cry from hating Christians because it's not like FFRF wastes any time on 99% of the churches in the country. Honestly, like it, she might as well have said like, black man said this thing and then later like, well, he was wearing black, so I view him as a black man. It's so, as loose of a stretch. Yeah, like, it's so they and are seeks hate to destroy group because it. they hate Christian. That is by that logic. That is sixth grade logic, if isn't you, it? If you criticize religion in her mind, that makes it automatic hate speech. But it's just like I agree with FFRF on everything they are saying, but also I'm going to make sure my headline makes it sound like this atheist hate group wants to shut down this church. It's like, did you read your own head? Did you write the headline first and then write your article and then forget to update the headline? Cause you realized, Oh, I agree with everything the atheists are doing here. It's just, that's how right wing propaganda works. Did you, and even this person is like, well, I can't criticize what FFR have said. Cause they're right. right. And I know Michael Finn, Flynn said everything that sounds really bad. Yeah. But also I have a narrative. Yeah, exactly, gotta... <laughs> exactly. Like, it, you know what it felt like is like when you're writing an essay or something like that or or whatever, and the teacher, the professor, whomever is like, well, you didn't really uh, make it clear why this is happening. So you just add a line at the end of like, and also this means that, <laughs> like, done and done. Yeah, Do you watch the, you've seen The Office, right? Yeah. Do you, you know what this all reminds me of is when Michael Scott is like, I had a hate crime committed against me. And they're like, that wasn't a hate crime. And he goes, well, I hated it a lot. Okay. <laughs> like it's genuinely the exact same yes, thing. That's very, that's very accurate. Thank you very <laughs> much. I had to find the gift to make sure I got the, oh, nice. um, <laughs> the, the line, right? A uh, story out of Canada here last month. In Nova Scotia, the Gospel Light Baptist Church, they held a conference of sorts, a religious gathering. Okay. I, I think over 100 people attended, and at no point did the church ask any of them to show a proof of vaccination. Obviously. And in, I don't know whether it's in all of Nova Scotia or that part of it, but 
local restrictions right now say you can't have gatherings without doing that sort of thing. We don't mm-hmm. care who you are. You have to ask for proof. You have to do a test, something like that. Mm-hmm. So this church was doing something that they should not have been doing. Mm-hmm. They don't have stupid rules like we do where if you're religious, you get an exemption to <laughs> everything. Sure. And then guess what happened? COVID outbreak. No. Surprise. Anybody die? Three people at least so Jesus. far traced back to that event. I don't know whether th- all three people attended the event or they were in contact with someone who did, but three people who died of COVID, their COVID has been traced back to that particular event because they do contact tracing very well. Um, the pro-life <clears throat> community yes, right? for you, friends. So pastor, after taking a few weeks off because they were in trouble because everyone knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. Pastor uh, Robert Smith is the guy running that church. He finally gave a sermon on Sunday, which has since been deleted from all their websites. Really? But he gave a sermon on Sunday for the first time in a few weeks. And he said, you know, what happened is, quote, unfortunate. And then he said, yeah, but it's all part of God's plan. Um, here's what he actually said. I followed what God wanted us to do. We had a great week of meetings. A young lady got saved. Yeah, but three people died. You didn't talk about that. And then during his 30-minute sermon, he basically alluded to the critics of his church, and he urged his parishioners to resist internalizing the criticism, um, basically saying this is all just Satan, quote, trying to drag us down. He does do that. Mm-hmm. That's his favorite thing to do, especially. And it's weird. The thing to prevent Satan from dragging us down is also wear a mask. Can you believe the? <laughs> can you believe the coincidence? Do you want a happy story? <sighs> oh my god! I guess I have a happy story. I'm just. I'll read you the headline in spurts, and you could tell me how you feel. How long is this headline? Uh, it's long. Bishop who left church. Okay. For satanic erotica writer. We talked about this before. Yes, I remember this gentleman. He left the church for a satanic erotica writer. Uh He now works Uh for Pig Semen Group. Okay. If you had given me all the guesses in the universe, (laughs) I I would not have come up with a pig pig semen group, you say? A company that, like, packages... Yeah, pig semen. Yeah, pig semen's big business. Bishop Xavier (laughs) Novel Goma. He used to be when he was appointed bishop. He Uh was the youngest bishop in Spain at forty-one, and that was years ago. And now he stepped down a few months ago, saying, "I fell in love with a woman. I want to have the sex." Yeah, and it turns out she's a satanic erotica writer. But you know what? Good for him. He decided, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to break my vow of celibacy. I'm just going to leave the priesthood so my conscience is clean. Listen, if you're not going to have your sex until like your 60s or whatever, Mm -hmm. the first time you do it should be with somebody who (laughs) knows the ins and outs. Yes. Like an erotic. And ins again. There you go. (laughs) But um. Um, according to Spanish media, this guy is now, I mean, he needs a job. He's not working for the church anymore. And he works for a company that produces and distributes high quality uh, pig, pig semen. semen. And I, I, this is what the article said. A priest said to know this guy told Spanish media, it's like the parable of the prodigal son in the gospel of Luke, the son who abandoned the father to lead a debaucherous life and ended up wishing to eat pig slop. But in this case, it's the beast or devil because he masturbates them. 
I don't know if that's a rough translation. That but was not, that a was wild dropped journey. into Google Translate. <laughs> no, <laughs> back into Italian and then back into English. I think that's um, the Daily Mail's interpretation of the Spanish language oh article. Oh boy, um, can I just say for the record that like. There's no shame in working for a pig semen company. Like, I, I, I don't think we should shame this dude. Work's work. We need pork and bacon and such. For about a and second, trotters. for about a second, I had this like animal rights side of me saying, I don't know if I like what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing with this stuff. Yeah. Is this something that is I supposed like to happen? Jerking off a pig can hardly be considered cruel. Ew, stop it, <laughs> Jessica. Cut that out. I'm not cutting that you out. You have to. Uh, this goes to people. I, My mom listens. No, I'm not editing this. Um, <laughs> I this is the one time though it is okay yeah. to see the words priest and masturbation in the same article. I don't feel good about that at all, Hammond. <laughs> I feel bad, very Honestly, bad. handling pig semen is a major step up from whatever he was promoting in the past. Oh, totally. Uh this is also a headline I did not expect to see, but I'm delighted to see it. The New Orleans Archdiocese. Okay. Uh in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina hit mm-hmm. New Orleans, uh New Orleans, um FEMA stepped in, and of course, because the federal government, even under George W. Bush, they were like, look, if there are damages, the government's going to help cover the costs of this. You have to submit paperwork saying here's what was damaged because of the natural disaster. And I don't remember what the rules and restrictions were, but they would help you uh, recover. I think FEMA approved over $184 million just to the archdiocese um, for secular reasons, for buildings broken, things like that. Um, But it turns out the archdiocese lied to FEMA about what needed repairs. The Catholic Church lied? I know. Can you believe it? They said, uh, this air conditioner... To the government? (laughs) This very expensive air conditioning unit is broken. Sure. There was no air conditioning unit. They said, oh, the size of the church that was destroyed, it's this big when it was actually much smaller. So they got more money for the repairs. bad. Uh Uh-huh. And now the Department of Justice has (sighs) been on this case for a while. And they announced this week we reached a settlement with the archdiocese. They're going to pay back over a million dollars because of... That's not nearly as much as I thought it would be. It's not. But it does, from the DOJ's uh, press release, this will resolve allegations that it violated the False Claims Act by knowingly submitting false claims for payment. Which means the church, according to the settlement, the church is admitting we totally knew this was a lie. We did it anyway. Um, I know relative to the money they received and all the stuff that happened in that hurricane, like small potatoes, but also you have the New Orleans Archdiocese, not just a church, the whole friggin' God. church in the area, uh, Catholic Church saying, yeah, we knew we lied. And then we submitted it because we wanted the money. And now you caught us. Whoops. I cannot believe this isn't a bigger story. Yeah, right. Oh, my Lord. Another thing, by the way, why do we know this? It's because the archdiocese, they don't fill out the paperwork saying what we need. They contract with an outside group saying, you're an architecture firm. You handle this stuff. Mm -hmm. You take care of this for us. turns out a guy named Robert Romero, who is a project specialist for the architecture firm uh, known as uh, AECOM. I don't know. Mm -hmm. AECOM. He worked for them. He was helping put together the paperwork that they submit to FEMA. That's what the company does. He's the one who blew the whistle on the misinformation and alerted the Department of Justice. The archdiocese is lying. By the way, it's not just the archdiocese that's lying. We're also doing this work for um, two historically black colleges, one of which 
uh, Dillard, I believe. I'm sorry, Xavier University uh-huh. is a Catholic university <gasps> and a historically black college. They also lied. Oh, no. And guys. he reported all this stuff. And because of the legal specifics of uh-huh. how this works, uh-huh. good for this guy. He gets a cut of whatever the government is able to recover. So he actually, for turning good in for the Catholic him. church, he's going to get $200,000. <gasps> Of that million that was recovered. How do I get this job? I want to be a Catholic Church bounty hunter. Several years ago uh, in Hawaii, uh, um, um, Mitch Kale, uh, an atheist activist who used to live in Hawaii, he said, I believe the story was that, you know, churches sometimes rent space from public schools for Sunday services. Uh We don't have enough money for our own building, but there's a local high school. We'll rent their auditorium and there are rules about that. That's legal. Yeah. What he found is that several high schools were giving very reduced rates uh, to some of these churches. And Mm. there was damage being caused by the churches that the schools were having to pay for. And basically, he's the one that collected the information, submitted all the paperwork. Uh And because he did all the work, this type of lawsuit that you can then give to the right officials Uh allows you to get a cut of, if you win, which Uh is a long shot, Uh you get a cut of whatever the government's able to recover. So it's happened before. It's a really neat process. It encourages whistleblowing in a sense. Yeah. But uh, I just want to point out the headline here is that the Archdiocese of New Orleans lied to the government, Uh admits they lied to the government, and now has to pay a million-dollar fine. Oh, and by the way, this is the same archdiocese that filed for bankruptcy last year. Why? Why? Because of all the money they had to pay out because priests were molesting children. And by the way, the same archdiocese uh, urged people this year don't take the Johnson and Johnson vaccine because, sure. I don't know, abortion. Like, there's no redeeming quality to these people oh, in boy. this archdiocese. Cool. Good job. Oh. Nice work, gang. Uh, another one that okay. we have to get to here. Um, who's running for the Ohio Senate seat? Among Republicans, there's a couple names you should be aware of. Okay. One is J.D. Vance, the conservative author turned Peter Thiel gave me a lot of money, so I'm going to turn into a Trump acolyte. Uh, Sure. uh, Who's just trying to toe the line between insane Trump dude and like libertarian, I'm rational and stuff. Uh So that's one of the guys. Okay. The guy who's actually the front runner Mm -hmm. is Josh Mandel, who used to be Ohio's treasurer. And this guy has gone full-blown theocratic Christian nationalism insane shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, everything he says is, no, we live in a Christian nation. We need to turn to the Bible for everything. That's his whole shtick, and he's in the lead right now. Good luck, Ohio. Which, honestly, if you're a Democrat and they elect, if they nominate a sane person, yeah. given that their other senator, Sherrod Brown, who's super progressive, uh-huh. like... The way Democrats sure. could win, even in a red state like Ohio right now, mm-hmm. is Republicans elect a Todd Akin type of crazy dude. Right. Um, and maybe there's a shot. Did uh, we talk about how he died? Todd Akin? Yeah, yeah we did mention that did he we? died recently. Did I give it enough celebratory yes. finesse? Okay. Uh, but here's the story. Those two guys are kind of going neck and neck trying to win the GOP nomination. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a third guy. There are more Republicans in the mix. Okay. But there's a third guy who's trying to get headlines. His name is Mark Pukita. I think he's just an IT executive, no political anything. Um, He's running for the GOP seat as well. 
And during a recent debate, he basically, I'm not debate, during a a radio ad that's been airing for Mark Paquita's campaign, Uh they basically call out Josh Mandel for being like, basically, he calls himself a Christian nationalist, but he's totally a phony, you guys. Uh Like, why should you trust him on this stuff? I'm the real conservative. That's the gist of the ad. Mm -hmm. Here's what the actor doing the voiceover for Mark Paquita's ad, here's what the guy says. Are we seriously supposed to believe the most Christian values Senate candidate is Jewish? I am sick of these phony caricatures. Uh oh. And then when Uh-oh. they pointed when they pointed out in a debate or a panel discussion, like a moderator said, like that you've been criticized because that ad is anti-Semitic and intentionally divisive and inflammatory. Uh-huh. Here's what Paquita said in his own words tell out me. loud. Tell me, tell me. In terms of anti-Semitism, all I did in an ad was point out that Josh is going around saying he's got the Bible in one hand and the Constitution in another, but he's Jewish. Everyone should know that, though, right? I don't think I knew that. He is Jewish, but also when you Wait, use the phrase, what are you but t- he's Jewish, that's going to be awkward. Uh, no, you... S- okay. Wow. Okay. There are, there's a lot of <laughs> shit going on here. What... How is he a Jewish Christian nationalist? What is happening right now? Born to a Jewish family, is Jewish, but also he doesn't care, which is fine, except he's turned his whole persona. His name is Mandel. He's Jewish. His whole persona is, I'm a Christian nationalist and you could trust me. Um, And by the way, for all intents and purposes, he has promoted the Christian nationalist line. I believe what he's saying. Like, I have no doubts about it. But Paquita's argument is, yeah, but he's Jewish. You can't trust him to be the right Christian nationalist. Vote for me. I'll give you the theocracy you really want. Do you do you know what a Judas goat is? Have you ever heard that expression? No. A Judas goat is used by uh, goat herders that they would train one goat to lead all of the rest of the goats to the slaughterhouse. And then that, and then all the other goats follow him. That goat is spared, and they slaughter all the other goats, and then rinse and repeat. I think he's something of a Jewish, a Judas goat. Like he's, it's a very like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I'm gonna bring. Listen, I'm cool. I'm Jewish. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just gonna bring everybody in. We're all gonna be chill under this go. Christian nationalist thing. JK, no, absolutely not. We're not going to treat non-Christians fine. What the fuck are you talking about? Of course not. Like, I am truly shocked. I am truly, truly shocked that he's Jewish and a Christian nationalist. That's genuinely maybe the most mind-blowing thing I've heard in such a lot. This is like the fucking, what's a transphobe's name? Um, Dave Chappelle, that when, Uh back in the day, the Chappelle show, when he was the KKK Klansman. Yeah, the, the, uh... Black white supremacist. The black dude. white supremacist, but he was blind, so yeah. and nobody had the, right. the the guts to tell him he was black because he hated <laughs> black people so much. All of Remember this is when what Chappelle I'm thinking was of. Funny. I do. <laughs> Those were great days. <laughs> uh, by the way, Josh Mandel responded to the attack by saying, "Of course, Josh Mandel. Of course, he did. If, yeah, rhinos attack me because I called them out. Never Trumpers attack me because I'm unwaveringly pro-Trump." Opponents attack me because I'm a proud American and proud Jew. Liberals attack me because I'm fighting to protect Judeo-Christian values. It all makes me stronger. Just saying Judeo-Christian, we don't... You don't... You can't... <laughs> Heavy emphasis on the second part of yeah, that word if you're Josh Let's not Mandel. pretend that, <laughs> that it's the emphasis of the Judeo part. 
Um, wait, can you just quickly go back? You said, ri- said rhinos and never Trumpers. Aren't yeah. those the same thing? Uh, rhinos are like the Republic- moderates, right? And never Trumpers might be conservative. Oh, they're but just anti-Trump. They just think Trump is too far. Okay. Yeah. All of them Rhino are bad. Rhino is Republican in name only, by right, the way, if people right. don't know. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not getting attacked by horned beasts. <laughs> <laughs> but he will take credit for being persecuted. Um, <laughs> there was a lawsuit filed recently. This is from the Daystar Television Network, which is a, a channel that promotes televangelists and all well, that morning stuff. Morning Star is on in the morning. Daystar <laughs> is on during the day. Yeah, Daystar Television Network and the American Family Association, Good another throw. right-wing Christian group. Star They're group. suing... Uh, the Biden administration over the vaccine mandate that says if you have a company that is over 100 people large, mm-hmm. you either they have to be vaccinated or they have to be tested uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah. So you don't even have to get the shot. They're just saying we just want to make sure you're not spreading COVID. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I wanted to point out. Those two Christian groups say the vaccine mandate will wound the consciences of their employees and potentially cause them to sin because they would get the shot, which f- goes against their religious values. I fully zoned out while you were talking because yeah. you did the voice you do when you're quoting somebody <laughs> and my brain just stopped listening. I see how it I is. I just heard sin. Yeah. Basically, if by doing this vaccine mandate, uh-huh. you're going to pressure a lot of good Christians yeah. who want to worship their faith that's, to get the shot. And yep. like, how could you make them do that? Yes, yeah, sir. And that's then they the went, point, actually. Then they went on to say, AFA and Daystar believe that if they even put their employees to the test, the very act of implementing the vaccine mandate mm-hmm. is a sin against God's holy word. Which sin? Um, I have no idea because they're making the shit up as they go along. Hmm. Um, I wish I could get a better just... list of what, what are sins and what are not sins. So if we're keeping track, lying to the government to get money to make your church bigger after a hurricane that wiped out your entire not a city. Sin. Not, not a, a sin. Not a sin. Okay. Uh-huh. But... But saving the lives of your employees, total sin. sin. Okay, it's just hard to keep track. I'm going to start writing these down. Yes, good. That's what the Bible is for. (laughs) The Bible's just a checklist. (laughs) And then on, okay, last story on the same front, there was a weird oral argument in front of the Supreme Court this week. There's a guy named John Henry Ramirez who is scheduled to be executed. Mm. Guess what state he's in? Alabama. Mm, Close. Wait, 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 Arkansas. Execution. Mississippi. Texas, capital of the, yeah. Of course, Jessica. Of course. That was an unfair question. Sh- it could have been, been any of those. <laughs> he's going to be executed in Texas. He's yep. he's not even fighting. The pro-life state. Yeah. He's not even fighting getting executed. Mm-hmm. He admits that he did the stuff he did. Do he's you know going to he be. Did? No, it's probably bad. Yeah. Um, he's going to get executed. He bad. is not fighting it. What he's asking for is he says, like, you know, I'm a religious man now. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants his pastor to be in the chamber when he gets executed and receive comfort from the pastor. Maybe put the pastor's hand on his head, uh, hold his hand while Mm. he's being executed or something. And as far as final requests go, like, that's whatever, fine. Like, let the dude have it. I don't care. I have problems with the death penalty for other reasons. That is not one of them, right? So Texas says no. And this is why this case, because they filed a lawsuit saying, dude, the dude's dying. Uh-huh. He's going to be executed. Let him have his religious comfort yeah. at the end of his life. Um, and this week there were oral arguments in front of the court, basically challenging if he should be allowed to do this. And here's what's amazing. 
all Who's over the... Who's arguing against it? Who's arguing? Texas. Oh, okay. <laughs> saying, no, the no, Christian no. State there are Texas? rules. The pastor is allowed yeah, to yeah. be in the chamber, Texas says. The pastor can be there at a distance, but no, he can't He can't put his hands on the dude. He can't, like, comfort the dude physically in any meaningful way. Uh-huh. Like, just stand on the side will allow that. So Texas is saying, we already did our job. He's asking for special treatment, okay. and he can't have it. So this is the argument they're trying to have. And over the past year, we have had so many discussions about how if basic COVID restrictions on in various states, church groups, churches have filed lawsuits saying we shouldn't be subject to COVID regulations because it violates our religious freedom and all these kinds of bullshit arguments. Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court has repeatedly said if there are any exemptions to COVID restrictions, like Mm -hmm. you can have more than 10 people at a grocery store, then you got to let churches have giant events. Churches are the same as grocery stores. I'm always saying that. They're all essential. Like religious freedom has been like a catch-all excuse to Mm -hmm. get away from doing anything. Yeah. So this guy's saying, well, it's my religious belief. Let me have my pastor able to comfort me. But check out what some of these people said. John Roberts said, well, what about requests to have more than one spiritual advisor in the execution chamber? And what if someone has a last second conversion to a new faith? Do we have to accommodate that? Brett Kavanaugh is like, what if they want bread and wine in the execution room? Alito is like, what, are we going to have to, quote, go through the whole human anatomy when it comes to where the pastor can put comfort on the person by touching their head, their legs, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, that is pr- Clarence the, Thomas. The body isn't that big, Alito. We can probably just <clears throat> say arms, legs, back, tummy, head. <laughs> Clarence Thomas is worried about inmates gaming the system by claiming they are religious when they're actually not. Which, How dare anybody want comfort when they're about to die if it's not Christian comfort? And then Brett Kavanaugh again said an oh, inmate try, up, might try to move the goalposts. Which, yeah, that's how all these religious freedom arguments have worked. It's all Christians lying about their beliefs, saying this is a thing we totally have believed for thousands of years. Yeah. It's like it's about a vaccine. Vaccines didn't exist I then. Mean, you did not have these beliefs a long time ago. You're like retroactively making up an argument for it. But like, here's what I don't get. The conservatives on this court have given so much deference mm-hmm. to anything. As long as you say religion, you can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. And the conservatives on the court have allowed it. But when this dude, who is going to die, mm-hmm. says, I just want my pastor to lay his hand on my forehead as I'm dying, mm-hmm. as I'm being murdered by the state. Too they're far. like, yeah, no, nah, I don't know if you're sincere about your we faith We want to make sure you're very, very miserable when you die. That's what we do here in Texas. We um, kill people. Adam Serwer. With guns and shots. Uh, Adam Serwer of The Atlantic, the guy who said the cruelty is the point of the Trump administration. Uh-huh. He wrote a piece about this and he says, I've heard a lot of slippery slope arguments in my time. And I confess that the possibility that the condemned might experience a brief moment of comfort before death has to be among the least frightening I've ever encountered. Yeah. Yeah. I really um, like that. What if they ask for more than one person? I don't know. I bet you could make a law that says only one person. I bet I bet you have the, pro- the, the ability to do that. Supreme Court justice. Even if the end result here is that this court says, yeah, fine, let the dude have comfort. It's pretty obvious that it's not going to be a unanimous decision. And what does that say about the dissenters if that happens? It says that they only care about rich Christian people (laughs) and white Christian people and not poor Hispanic Christian people who, with two other people, mugged and murdered somebody and are on on death row for that, which... This I did not is, know you could get death row for what sounds like 
second degree murder. Yeah, I... That's wild. It's amazing to me that this guy is going to be executed. And again, we can argue about whether or not he deserved that for what he did. Oh, He's guilty. He doesn't, he doesn't we deny it. We shouldn't be putting people to death we be, in the, the year of our Lord 2021. The court is arguing that somehow what his request is, is somehow a burden on them to have to decide this or something. But just an insane case. I mean, that the, religious freedom argument apparently has its limits. And we found it. And we found it. And it's when Hispanic people ask for it. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. That's more. I'm still mad about the maternity range. It's all bad. And I want to be clear. I don't think this guy who murdered somebody and is on death row is like a good person. But I also just don't believe in the death penalty um, because it's barbaric. Um, and with that. And with that, you can find me on Twitter um, at Jess Bloomke. Um, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. I cannot emphasize enough that like I almost considered cutting off my orders like this week. So I'm going to give it a couple more days to see what comes in. But but yeah, get, get in there. I'm at Hemant Meta. Go to FriendlyAtheist.com. And if you like the show, support us at Patreon. <laughs> I got it right. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Um, I have no idea what you just said as you take care of Dottie. But yes, we will see you. The bonus episode. Yes. There will be and bonus episodes on the If you are Patreon a Patreon feed. donor, we're going to record a bonus episode with non-political religious stuff. And yes. that will go up soon as well. Have All a right. good week. Bye.